Horses are garbage animals. All right, my note is Shrug and Tulpa hate horses. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad Away Team, a guide and podcast of the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad, which is a guide and podcast of SelectButton.net. So it's kind of a book club, but not. And the Gaiden of my Gaijin. My Gaiden? My Gaiden Gaijin? Gaijin Gaiden. Gaiden Biden Biden Biden. Student Gaiden Gaiden. I'm your guest host, Rudy, of HingeProblems.com. And our intrepid panel of explorers this time are... It's me, Shrugger, as many call me, the shirtful legend. Never without a shirt. At the very least, I will be Porky Pig in it. It's me, Automatic Tigress, living the, the salary woman's dream of cranking the silver balls every day and every night. Hi, it's me, Ramona. I got in the mood by uh, picking up smoking and silently presenting my family. Uh, I'm Bachelor, maker of uh, the hit video game DDD and Natural Playboys, and um, the game industry's number one breeding stud. Uh, I'm Talpa. I don't have anything witty to say. I'm just really excited about going fishing for once. I need a break. I need an end to the endless monotony of my life. Please save me. Save me, salary man. Give me some sort of solace in your uh, satanic uh, pentagram. Tonight's episode, our explorers will try to summon a literal demon from hell to edit the podcast for Kania. Hi, Kania. Hoping everyone else to say hi, Kenya. Hail the Dark Master Kenya. I invoke your name to summon the salary man. To do this, we've constructed a pentagram of five salary man corner games. By discussing and reviewing these five, we hope to force out dark cigarette encrusted energies made manifest in destiny. For when five are one, it will be glory for brought to the podcast. And the streets will be paved with those will bow before... Uh, um, anyways. So, uh, panel, what is a Salaryman Corner game? It's, uh, it's a game that was made to... For the office... To relieve the stress of office workers at the end of a long, hard day. A Salaryman Corner game, in the truest definition of the word, is a is a sort of infernal punishment for those of us who dared to plumb the depths of the Super Nintendo and try to play all of the games on the console. I think it's that one RPG that my uh, adult son is very, very insistent that I get into playing. Don't know why. Um, so I kind of want to take... I'm, like, I'm thinking about this, and let's go back to, let's say, 1992-1993. Um, and, like the audience of these kinds of games that we're going to talk about uh, are theoretically uh, uh, people in their 20s, 30s, they're, they're uh, working professionals, They prob- so they probably own a Super Famicom and Dragon Quest V and these games. So I just wanted to sort of explore the space of, like, who, what, what kind of human is buying these games in 1992 and 1993? The same ones that are... Uh, uh, uh propping up this nude market now, and I think I'm not going to elaborate on that. 
Snood, it, it is the game of the 21st century. And I would say these games could have been, you know, the 90s equivalent, right? They're not, they're, there's no action in these games. That's what's important about them. They're not dad games. I would qualify something like, you know, a Yakuza game as a dad game. You do lots of like, you know, it's like um, the video game equivalent of the sort of movie you'd watch with your father on a 3 p.m. on a Saturday if you were fortunate enough to have that experience and, or unfortunate. It depends on the movie, I guess. Um, but these are just mo- games that you just come home and you play and you're probably really stressed or, you know, and you hate your boss and you kind of hate your life. But you can come home and you can just kind of zone out and make numbers go up and have that horse have sex with that horse or uh, do some pachinko and see some big bazoongas. You know, it's like it's nice. I would be playing nothing but these games if I could read Japanese. So is is the audience of these games the the adults and not the, not the uh, and not like necessarily children wishing they had the dream of going to a pachinko parlor or uh, being a shirtless legend? It, it, I, I do, you think, do you think the focus being, is for the adults? I cannot imagine being such a depressed child that I would fantasize about going to a pachinko parlor. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, no, this is definitely for adults. If, if kids want to see. You know, Bazoonga's so bad, they could uh, uh, turn on their PC Engine CD and play uh, Local Girls of Hawaii. One thing I'm wondering, do you think these games were aimed at, say, single men, you know, or, or, or dads who are going to play, you know, some Nintendo after their kid goes to bed? I reckon it's the latter. Like, hey, you already got the system. It's there. Why not play these games, too? Yeah, I like, mean, especially since like gambling games apparently are like really, really easy to program. So there's not really a whole lot of money spent on development. So it's pretty easy to uh, make a profit. And like, if you were single, while I can see not wanting to spend as much money as it would actually like cost to go to a real pachinko parlor, you know, if you're by all alone and you don't have a family to support or anything, if you really want to play pachinko, you could probably go off somewhere and play pachinko on your own. Like, no reason to stick around the house. This is making me feel grateful to be single. I can go into the pachinko parlor anytime I want. I think that takes us nicely into the first game we're going to talk about. Uh, so our our first category is Salaryman Corner, 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 Corner. <laughs> I still don't understand how Pachinko works, and I don't think I want to. I can explain how Pachinko works. Let me do the intro. (laughs) I love you. Welcome to Salaryman Corner. Our first game is going to be Hisat's Pachinko Collection 2. Uh, The squad has previously examined Hisat's Pachinko Collection 1 and 4. Uh, Hisat's Pachinko Collection 2 was developed and published by Sunsoft. Uh, Like 1 and 4, you wake up, go to Pachinko Parlor, go back home, and repeat forever. Uh, the series seems to have sponsorship with real at the time pachinko machines, so you could take your skills from home to win big at the parlor. Someone explain what a pachinko is to a shrug. A pachinko machine is a combination of a of an old style pinball machine and a slot machine. And when I say old style, I mean before they had flippers. It used to just be that you'd you'd drop 
like a ball from the top and they'd hit a lot of pl- pegs, kind of like uh, Plinko on The Price is Right. Pachinko, uh, as as it exists today, combines slot machine elements. If your Plinky thing, your your Pachinko balls, hit fall into the right holes, it'll start a slot machine going, which can potentially get you more balls. These balls can be exchanged for prizes, and those prizes can be exchanged to a completely legitimate business across the street from the Pachinko parlor for money, typically. It's the- a legal loophole to allow gambling for very sad middle-aged men. It's also important to remember and learn that the Pachinko Parlor is maybe one of the most depressing places you could ever be on this earth. They all reek of cigarettes, and everyone looks utterly defeated and miserable. Or at least all the ones I've been to. Maybe maybe there's a happy one somewhere. So, what did, what did my cranking it accomplish exactly? Okay, so the crank, which um, I have, thanks Rudy, a physical crank, which is uh, which is sort of a knob with with some ridges on it to get a go on to 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 grip it better. Uh, I it's also loaded with a spring, so it it springs back after it gets twisted. So you twist this this uh, crank knob, and when you tw- and the more you 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 twist it, the more velocity the balls are launched with. So you can kind of aim for the ideal point in the machine to enter the holes. And of course, uh, the ideal point changes as you play because uh, pins get bent. Uh, and really, it is just gambling. Like There's a little bit of skill, but it's more luck than skill to play Pachinko. I just cranked it until I was getting like 16 consistently because I thought that was a big number. Then I realized, no, this isn't how this works. And then I went, I should do something. Though I imagine that in real life, in physical space, I do like bright noises and flashing lights and balls. I love shiny balls. I love metal things, metal shiny balls, some of my favorites. So I would probably be lured in by the simple pleasures of the pachinko machine, though uh, probably the overall environment would trigger a panic attack eventually. It would be a real war between my uh, ADHD obsessiveness and the other parts of my broken brain. Anyway... Pachinko seems like it kind of sucks. I I will say uh, that the cranking aspect of it, since again, thanks to Rudy, there's the the I have a physical crank controller for my physical Super Nintendo. Um, well, Super Famicom. Uh, this thing, j- just the physical action of turning it, makes the game feel better. It's I imagine it would feel even better if there were physical balls involved. Just. The physicality of it is is entertaining in and of I do, itself. I do love to twist on a knob. In order I to have played a Pachinko machine before, and I just I still think it's the fucking worst they never made. Well, maybe you're not a giant toddler like me. Well, yeah. So so I want to push a little uh, bit. 
the, uh, uh, Tulpa said that uh, this is not. It's it's just gambling. There's no actual skill. Well, I I would put it closer. I didn't to... say that there's no actual skill. I said that skill it is by uh, how much random chance plays are in the game, such as pins getting bent, thus ruining it uh, or whatever. Well, then we're sort of talking about different eras. I think the modern machines, like the the pin position, is so specific. Uh, and, and, uh, like I, I was telling Tigers last night, there was a story of in 2010, uh, there was a Sakura Tyson machine that the, the, uh, the odds were miscalculated. So it started paying out really big and every particular parlor in Japan had to close down cut. And then, uh, Sega, Sega Sammy had to, uh, had to reimburse the pachinko parlors that lost all their money because the odds were screwed up and, uh, so that cost Sega Sammy two million dollars, right? But that's on par with like having messed up uh, odds on a slot machine, and thus uh, Casino having to pay out too much money for a slot machine. Uh, two million dollars on Pachinko—that is definitely how Sega is going to revitalize the arcade industry. So, what about this actual game of Hisat's Pachinko Collection Two? Uh, do we have any thoughts at all about it? It has some giant boobs. <laughs> this game is so horny. This game this, proves that Pachinko is the horniest of the Salaryman games. It is absurd. It has some sort of Pachinko Ball mascot, and every single girl in the game has a giant set of boobs that are the same exact size, like shape, as these. Uh, these that that I don't know. Like watermelons under your sweater. Yeah, yeah. It it, it it's something. It's horny. Maybe lonely salary men grasp pachinko because they picture all the little balls as tiny little steel boobs. Tiny steel disembodied boobs rolling forever. Part of the the, the frustration with this one was I also played um some at least one other pachinko game before this and the relative inactivity in the middle of playing this one definitely definitely made it feel less engaging than than some of the pachinko games I've played where like the field would actually change shape and you'd want to change where the ball trajectory was. I actually pretty I actually really enjoyed playing those as opposed to this where it was like fun but it was fun for a bit to, you know, crank it and and have that physical interaction, but it didn't hold my attention as long. Do we do we know do we know if this is a more of a realistic pachinko sim? Because in my experience, that's what pachinko was. It seemed like I was doing absolutely nothing the entire time I played it, and just like occasionally, like lights would go off or a video would play. I mean, it's somewhat difficult because it's just a field I don't know about. But from what I can tell, it. It seems to imply, like I, I don't know if the if they're saying that it's realistic or based off real machines, um, that th- this is a collection of 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 either simulacrum or recreated uh, pachinko machines. Yeah, because uh, like because each each one in the collection has like a different uh, sub company. Like this one, the collection two is is a. Uh, is copyright Sunsoft and Fuji, and like the other the other ones in the series are 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 uh, have a different company sponsor, which I assume is a different 
actual pachinko uh, maker. Rudy, the editor's note, further research confirmed all Hisat's pachinko collection tables are real pachinko machines. This game has like in-depth like menu options, right? Like as a whole, like you can tinker around and mess around with all the settings and stuff, doesn't it? Like I know we played some other games that let you do that. Like you could. Oh yeah, there, there's a few settings you can tweak. Not as much. I don't think as much as some of the other ones we've played, but there's definitely a thing or two you can tweak in this one. So one of the hilarious things about this one, uh, especially when we compare it to four, which we've played previously, and four is the one with the with the great. Uh, Great, with a great, there's a shirtless legend in four that looks like Iori. Uh, but this one, the clock is real time. And by what I mean is if one minute, uh, goes by in the real world, one minute goes by in the game. So you can spend and, 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 which is incredibly bizarre to me because you start the game at, or, or you theoretically start day one, 9 a.m., and then you go do pachinko for 10 minutes and then maybe you go back home and it's 9 10 a.m <laughs> oh it rocks it's so depressing like you just have this like like borderline otaku otaku apartment right kind of i mean you got a cat you got what looks like a dunbine poster am i right is that a dunbine poster Potentially to be fair, it is the exact same apartment from one two three and four is it a different the poster, poster changes the poster oh oh but yet, I could imagine if I lived in Japan, this is what I would be doing. I would have this apartment, and if I had enough money, I would just be in there alone. Maybe I'd have a pet. I would probably have a Dunbine poster, too. And occasionally, I would just get up, and I would go to an arcade or a pachinko parlor and come back home half an hour later with like something from like Lawson's and just wait to go do it again. I kind of like that. I wish there was no pachinko in this game. I kind of used like cho- chose things from a menu and came back to your apartment. Saying you wish it was Animal Crossing? No, that you talk to people in that game. You don't have to. So this one, you just want the only interaction is you go to you go to the pachinko parlor. They say, "Hi, how are you doing?" And they say, "Thank you for playing." And then you go home and you choose sleep. Yeah, I think there's money in that idea. If any any of you listeners want to like make some sort of like, you know, real depression sim. I think there's money in that. Hey, to be fair, you have a cat. You can't feed it or talk to it or interact with it anyway, but it's cute, and it's just hopping around. It is cute. tempted to make this game. You can do it. Just load up RenPy or something. You can get knocked out in a day. This is a tangent. You also have some videotapes. There's lots going on in this apartment. Anyway, anyway. Well, I wanted to mention what, at least one of the, one of the uh, what do you call it, boards, machines. Uh, types of pachinko you have in this game is... is close to what uh, Tigers was saying is like Lucky Hit or uh, Plinko, is that you seem to be getting, you're trying to get the balls uh, in a row of 12 numbers. Uh, and then after like five or six numbers, it just says, oops, you failed. And then what? repeats again. So that one, that one, that one board actually has a little more of like, you need to be moving or, yeah. or adjusting your trajectory more. What intrigued me about that particular one uh, was that on an actual crank, it would p- I had to like release it after I failed before it w- like it would stop shooting balls, and then I had to like oh. yeah, and then I'd have to release the crank back to neutral position and then crank it up again to start launching balls again. So there's a limit to the number of balls. I also noticed that there was a number that appeared 
in the game, and I was curious if that number was the number you were trying to target. Like, it had, like, a 24, and I was pondering, perhaps, you were trying to hit numbers that added up to 24. But I never managed to actually accomplish this, so... I honestly don't know what the deal with it was. Which is definitely part of uh, of how the uh, Super Nintendo Exploration Squad reviews games. Is like, did did we want to find more mystery here? Did we want to continue? Um, like another one of the boards, uh, the slot machine part has uh, the female and male symbols in them, and I don't know what that's about. And others, lot of lot of symbols. Some of them look like they might be some kind of simplified kanji or. Hiragana or Katakana, but I don't think they were. Is that is is, is is that all we got? Do we got any other any other thoughts about Hisat's Pachinko Collection too? This game has the biggest fucking boobs. <laughs> I've, You're gonna play this game. You're gonna see some big titties. I've honestly never seen tits as big as I've seen in this uh, pachinko game. Like, in any video game, this is pretty near the peak. It's not like they're drawn by the master of breasts. It's not the Russ Meyer no, no, pachinko game. They are clearly the, like... The master of breasts. Like the, the amateur of breasts. Yeah, they're, 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 this is not Russ Meyer. They're just giant. They're just... They're, these are not empowered women. I'm sorry. There's also some very weird portraits in the game. Did everyone look at that video? Was that all the games? There's one. There's some like Peter Dinklage looking motherfucker wearing some armor. There's a Medusa. Um, this was all through my playthrough and not me stealing screen caps from a Nico Nico video that Rudy linked about 15 minutes ago. Yeah, so that that's a collection of all the of all the of all the he says particular games, which now we've only we have not played three, uh, and like. The the the, two, the that seems to be like reward screens. Like you get a picture of a bug drinking a Coca Cola. It's like I don't know what that means. Maybe it's fan art of what? It just maybe they just print anything they they get sent in. It's like those PC Engine CDs we went through the other day. That's my that's my guess. I'm saying it's pachinko fan art. It's totally baseless and untrue, but let's just go with it. it yeah. So those are in fact the the ones you've shown the the Peter Dinklage and uh and Take on Me Sketchy Woman and Almost boobs, Medusa. Yes, those are all from two. Oh, yeah, and, and and her hair is like puking or going after a butterfly. I can't tell which. That that that's the image that inspired Crazy Town. It's a pretty wonderful thing that like if you have done whatever whatever uh, layers of skill to complete this pachinko game. So it's like if you get enough money, you unlock other parlors, and then if you get enough money from that, I guess you win. Yeah, you just uh. You just get these random screens, and it's like, thanks for playing. Thanks, thanks for doing the pachinko. You did it. Even though I think in this sort of idea, in this sort of game, like playing it is the reward because you're not making any real money, right? It's the, it's it's all in the act of playing. I would also like to take a quick moment that if you don't know what we're talking about with Master of Breasts, I would invite you to listen to the Book of Mega Drive episode on Langrisser Two, where we cover the topic in extensive detail and i'm also pretty sure that name was invented by an american wiki and isn't actually a term for the dude anywhere u.s come on come on let him have it imagine imagine if you know that's like the greatest honor you can have maybe it's one of them let's move on to the next to the next category which is uh no it's not gun it's it's what salary man corner again 
shit! Oh no, we're trapped in this eternal purgatory. Nice. Fuck. We're trapped in in the movie Cube. It's Cube, but there's five sides. Welcome to Salaryman Corner. Uh, today we're going to discuss NHL 97. Uh, going by the manual and the game, and not internet sources, NHL 97 was developed by Black Pearl Software and Teenage Q, and published by EA. Uh, the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad has an episode devoted to NHL 96, which I recommend to all of our listeners. Uh, following that episode, Kania shoved all the SNES hockey games into the Salaryman Corner. I will say that while preparing for this episode, we also looked at NHL 98. We have a statement regarding that research, quote, NHL 98 is the exact same game as NHL 97-96. And with that, the panel. So yeah, this one was real fun to cheer for the Whalers in. Fuck you, the Devils. Sorry. Devils got more seasons. This was the last time the Whalers got to be in one of these because they stopped existing after they all... I, I don't even know what happened. Nobody talks about that. Uh, they were sacrificed uh, by the Devils so that uh, Salary Man can continue to exist for another generation. They're not as cool as the Sharks. And after all, what is a whaler but the Salary Man of the Sea? I will say our main way of playing this game... That's Salary Man of the Sea. <laughs> the, the main way we played this game was, uh, we, was we set up two teams. We set up the, the Hartford Whalers and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and then we just watched it. And uh, I had a great time doing that. I'll say that. I had a fun time just watching. Oh, I had a blast, and we gambled. We gambled. We broke the law. Yeah, we totally broke the law. It was so much fun. We didn't put up any money or goods, but we We we, put up our honor. Yeah, and I lost mine. The devils fucking suck. I don't know how that's possible. I thought they were like winning the Stanley Cup around then, weren't they? I mean, there's a reason the, the, the whalers don't exist anymore. Uh, I do believe that we discovered that the Super Nintendo version of these NHL games just sucks. And uh, when we finally did a match on the correct version, the uh, Mega Drive version, we witnessed uh, the facts that the Devils would always win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, it's forgotten now. But the whole reason Genesis was popular was not Sonic the Hedgehog. It was because it had good sports games. Because you could go and you could play Madden, Lakers versus Celtics, and any NHL, and it stomped all over anything on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Correction, the Genesis was great because it had the power of Satan. That's why the Devils always won. Oh. Yeah. It did have have Devil's Crush. Not the good version, but it's not as good as the PC Engine one because the PC Engine is the best console of all time, but it, it did have it. It's a common misconception that there was that there was no blood on the Super Nintendo because of Nintendo policies. It's because uh, the Sega Genesis had actual blood inside of it. Uh, the Super Nin- if you wanted blood on a Super Nintendo, you had to pay extra to put blood in the cartridge. Oh, like uh, Total Carnage. Yeah. Uh, fun SNE exploration fact: uh, the Motley Crue song. Out of the Devil uh, was written because Tommy Lee kept losing in uh, Afterburner 2. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, and then, there's a clip and then from that's that in how, uh, And then that's how uh, Crewball got uh, made and released for the Genesis as well. 
But the, I mean, back in the day, the uh, you know, the NHL games were really good on Genesis. They were really good until they took out the fighting and the bleeding. And if you want, like, if you want to fight, you would beat a dude up, and he would fall to the ice, and he would twitch, and he would bleed everywhere, and it rocked. And all you would do when you played those games, unless you were some nerd who cared about hockey, like I'm not Canadian, I don't give a shit. I just want to fight. So you just, you know, skate around the ice, and you would get fights, and it was awesome. Those were the best games. The Super Nintendo versions feel like shit, and this game sucks. <laughs> And so do all the nerds who like Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo is not good. Super Nintendo is not good. If you, hey. No. The Super Nintendo is great. No, it's garbage. I've been playing my TurboGrafx-16 Mini. That's hold on, good. Hold on. Hold your horses. Look at that. Look, I just gave you a screenshot NHL 97. What do you see on that court? You see some big honkers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, the same oh got tits that are almost... Oh yeah, and this version has blue ice, right? No, the Genesis no, has white. The Genesis has the white, white, uh, the blue ice. This is a white ice uh, game on the Super Nintendo. I, 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 pl- sports game. I played maybe ninety three or ninety four. Has the white ice on Genesis? Then this is going to be like remember remember when uh, EGM got in the argument about the blue shadows, or was that Game Fan? There was a big magazine debate. Yeah. The, the Blue Shadows and uh, Street Fighter Alpha or something. They docked scores. Who remembers the 90s? Oh, I do. And I know exactly what you're talking about, Game Fan. Yeah. Flipping this shit over Blue Shadows and Street Fighter Alpha. Nobody fucking cares. Dude, it's okay. Magazine this shit. Anyway. Okay, cool it, BuzzFeed. Um. <laughs> So, so the the pop up screen. For I've here. never been so insulted in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just be glad we didn't call you Dig or Fark. Dave Halverson, call me. We can play Skeleton Warriors together. <laughs> the 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 copyright screen for NHL '97. Uh, I somehow had forgotten this or didn't remember it. That that the actual logo of EA Sports is if it's in the game, it's in the game. Which makes a lot more sense than just yelling, it's in the game. It's true. It's in the game. That's a conversation killer. What else can I say about hockey? <laughs> I mean, that that marketing line, it's like Shigusato Itoi himself flew to America and said, I will sell this hockey game for you. Who's your favorite hockey player? Everyone name theirs. I don't know any hockey players. Just, you just nope. make up a name. Come on. You can't make up a name. Uh, Chris Jericho. Wayne Gretzky, you can't. You don't know Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Blake uh, Schlizzard. Blake Schlizzard. Schlizzard. You you miss. See, you all. You never heard him say. You miss. Hundred uh, percent of the shots you take is is the goon. Uh, who remembers? Actually, I do the have 90s. a question along those. You do remember the nineties, Ramona? I actually have a question. Uh, are hockey jerseys cool? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, Kevin Smith made no. This is the worst thing I've ever said. Delete this. Delete this. Kevin Smith did not make carpenter. <laughs> Snoochie boochies. Snoochie boochies. Who the fuck talks like that? That is fucking baby talk. No, Kevin Smith wears a hockey jersey. Based on the NHL '97 games he watched, the best is definitely Peter Satora. The best player is Yaromir Yager. He had a really impressive mullet. Um. And I'm not going to Google him and find out he's some sort of you know creep now, but uh, but see when I, when I when I made that Kevin Smith 
joke there. Force is strong with this one. Dude, don't encourage him. You know, I, I followed Wayne Gretzky, who once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Those are words to live by. Sometimes you're just, you're going to miss. But sometimes you, you do sink it in. I don't, person who, I don't think he coins that quote. He said it. Look, it's right there on the image. I just, it, it may as well be coming out of his mouth. It may as well have a balloon drawn around it with a tail leading right to his this lips. Is, he said it. It's like this, this one, that Game Facts poster, that like uh, uh, Ezio from Assassin's Creed 2 was the first person to say, uh, to do what that whole of the law. Yeah, that that was invented by Ezio. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my apologies. Oh, wait, that was in The Office, too? Fuck The Office. Um, anyway, yeah, hi. Hi, NHL 97. So, obviously, if we're talking about the 90s, we're talking about the reviews at the time, and even in our own research, uh, 96, 97, 98 are very, are pretty much are identical games outside of roster changes. And I want to sort of ask the panel, um, I mean, this is before you could do online updates and we do have fighting game players so they're somewhat familiar with this phenomenon but uh how do you feel about like this that they just released the same game for th- for at least three years in a row it's a ripoff but like you know and we're also talking this is post i mean from 96 on we're talking post playstation and Sega saturn so yeah like super it's... nintendo and genesis are out yeah you like this is all you, you're gonna get so it's like i guess you know maybe their kids just getting new you know, getting this system and it's like the newest game they can get. I don't know. I don't care. I think if you're dumb enough to care about rosters, you deserve whatever you get. Go to hell, nerds and jocks, both of you. People keep buying Just Dance on Wii. But that's going to be new songs. That's going to be, that's that's a, that's a, that that is, by the terms, a new game. This is just what is, the same game. What it, is a hockey player besides a song in human form? What are you going to say, Bachelor? <laughs> I was just going to say, I guess there actually was something to all those nerds who would go like, oh, EA just releases the same game every year with roster updates, which wasn't true, but I guess it was true. And it was true once, you know, once the console was kind of obsolete, they would just do that. And I kind of forgot that. And do you think the, do you think the audience is, is buying this every year or is it just like people have one, one hockey game? It was just diminishing in terms of someone having one hockey game. Yeah, because, like, they did sell the Sega Genesis for a long time. I know they were selling them new even as late as 1998, maybe even 99. Oh, they were uh, selling them into the 2000s. And same with... And Super Nintendo was sold until at least 98, probably 99. And, uh, yeah, that's coming out, so... For a few years, you want to be the new up-to-date game for the people coming coming up. I and, Like, you know, all the people who got one of those, or maybe who got a hand-me-down system. This is complete speculation, but it would make sense to me. I, I mean, I got a Super Nintendo for the first time in 1999. Yeah, I mean, I knew, I knew a fair number of people who would just, you know, they would play the one game. It would be a sports game. It would just be like, I knew a dude who just, like, I think he... Uh, almost flunked out of high school because he just spent all day at home, you know, playing NHL. Um, and so it was probably just made for him. And also it was weird at this point because I think there was lots of, like, the, that, that generational transition was not smooth. I vaguely recall, you know, EA having issues maybe making uh, NHL for, for, cons- for, like, the 3D consoles. I think one year it got 
canceled entirely or just delayed a lot. Um, don't quote me on that, but I just vaguely remember that. So, uh, I you think know. they may have delayed or canceled one of the games um, around the time of the NHL strike in the mid-2000s. Mm. Don't quote me on that. I'm just taking a guess here. I don't fucking watch hockey. I think I am some sort of nerd. So when we did watch hockey, uh, we put the we put the uh, players on the expert difficulty. Don't know if that mattered. Um, and they were uh, without a player character. There, they are dumb as they are dumb as bricks. They are morons. And they get they they get um, penalty. Like how many penalties do we have in one game? Thirty. It rocked. Twenty-seven. Those refs fucking suck. <laughs> tell, Rock- Tulpa, tell me about the refs. Uh, so the ways I think that these sports, a sports games are actually so accurate is that they have garbage refs who make blatantly bad calls nonstop, which really feels watching a real sports game because uh, uh, you want to yell at the ref all, all the time. So I think they are more like bad re-simulators than they are simulators. So that's interesting because I think it has a different role um, versus if you're watching the game versus you're playing the game. Like, I think it can be fun to yell at the ref since we're just watching it, but, like, the refs do, in fact, like, like, make some very questionable calls and then, like, don't make any calls. And especially because you have four buttons and a D-pad trying to simulate this actual human. So there, there are limits to what theoretical interactions you can have. Um, and like, once you're playing, it'd be like, wait, how did I do that? How did I, how did I do a cross check? It also doesn't help that none of us really know the rules of hockey. Right. And uh, so, so how, so this is, this is one of the games with, with fight mechanics and we got to see the fight and we also got to see, uh, the in '98, we got to see uh, the the New York Islanders uh, all go into the box. Four players went into the box. Yeah, they, they they just kept getting shoved in the box, and somehow the Devils, even though they had, they had like a three man advantage, could not score a single fucking goal. When you've taken on the whale, a man is nothing to you. It seems like the AI it was designed to not take shots by itself because you would have the you would have like an open man just like stride into the stride into the goalie and not take a shot just seem like bullshit i feel like computers are conspiring against me between this and our games of a uh, wheel of fortune nintendo 64 um that should also be a salary man game i think this should be a salary mom sal salary grandmom co- corner we should do that someday and like seeing like the the devils like wall check a guy over the over the railing and into the stands and like that wasn't that wasn't a call <laughs> That was okay. It's very confusing. Which I think is what Tulpa is going at, and I think that's as that is both a plus and a minus for the game. It's it's great to watch. It's I'm sure it's infuriating if you're actually playing that the refs kind of ignore stuff and and also like make bullshit calls. Yeah, exactly. And and I think part of like they don't feel like games where the point is to enjoy the experience of playing that sport digitally i feel like game about emulating the experience of being at an nhq rink and seeing uh the sport play out before you so you would say like it's it's like a terror it's like i i think i agree with you here that it, it is a bad game but it is uh somewhere on the spectrum of good as spectator yes yes yeah exactly Except 
if you play it on Genesis, it's a good game. It seemed like the AI it, was a little bit better on Genesis, but it, this is not a Genesis podcast. Nintendon't yeah. suck my balls, Miyamoto. Tigers, get your get your get your congregation under control. I I I, I uh, the book of Mega Drive is a much more bloodthirsty religion than this. We can be much more savage. Bring your A-game. sixty years of fucking greatness. Yes. All Mega Drive sucks too. All video games are bad, but especially sports games. Okay, I'm going to take us out of here. Uh, all okay. right, so our next category is going to be... Uh, va- nope, it's Salaryman Corner. Corner, 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 corner. Oh, no, not again. Uh... So, so which corner are we in now? Oh, Okay. Okay, I've got my bearings. Huh. All right. Uh, here in Salaryman Corner, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Thoroughbred Breeder 3, uh, which is a horse breeding and betting simulator published and released by Hector of uh, Moon Crystal for the Famicom. In, in, uh, in my Kenya way, uh, Giant Bomb states, the player is once again given a stable to manage and must raise and race champion racehorses to be a successful breeder. The third entry includes enhanced feedback during the races, letting the player know the positions of all the horses in the race and towards the final stretch, each horse's stamina meters and exertion levels. This helps determine how their own horses in the race are doing and the areas they might need improvement. And with that, Thoroughbred Breeder 3 for the Super Famicom. This game's really pretty. It's got really good-looking menus. Uh, and- it is in too much in-depth Japanese for me to be able to play it with any sort of competence. Uh, and uh, all I managed to do when I played it was pimp out one horse. Oh, By which wow. I mean, send it out to breed with another horse. Yeah, baby. Cool. So you actually did the title. You, you, you thoroughbred some horses. Yeah, and I do believe that uh, there is a dedicated pregnant horse sprite for uh, when you successfully thoroughbred a horse. Uh, someone link me, please. Hachi machi. I'm, I'm, I, we're in the salaryman mindset here tonight, so I'm just going to say it. It's got some really cute girls. I think that it's important to state that. I'm not saying that like some like, oh, humana, humana. I'm saying that, you know. Unlike the other, other, other two games we've talked about. No, 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 with with those oh boy, those pachinko. That that was that was rude. That was that was tacky. These are some very tasteful character portraits. It's it's got great sprite work. It's like, oh I want I want to like I, I wouldn't get mind to know these people. Yeah, I wouldn't mind walking, you know, side by side with this gal and stepping in dog uh dog shit. Hell, I'd step in dog shit. I'd step in I'd step in horse shit. I'd step in chicken shit. I'd step in any sort of shit with these ladies. They're lovely. Heck, that guy right there, that that nerd, that poindexter, that that uh that four eyes right there who says press L and R and a bunch of stuff in Japanese. He's cute too. Oh, he's real? Um he he looks a lot like a Japanese celebrity that uh that died last month. So, I don't know. I'll 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 pull up a picture and you can decide pretty soon. Uh, but please continue on. I'm, how, I'm how did you possibly old. navigate thoroughbreeding? I couldn't. I couldn't figure out what to do. I but I did enjoy just clicking around, looking like I think I passed a few years, and like the the the, the time passing screens are very tasteful. Black and white, 
Um, you know, you see the horse, you see a horse eating, you see a, a dude walking a horse, you see a horse sleeping, maybe. I don't know. There's there's a lot going on, but it's like I could just I can imagine just coming home really late, you know, after you know, my my boss like takes me out, makes me drink way too much. And I'm just like, I need to just have some me time and i relax with uh this gal with her hair in a bun and this dude is probably telling me you know you got a strong one here or this one's got a weak spirit i don't know we gotta get new shoes on this one let's make that horse swim do we have a, do we have a pixel art horse swimming thing here i thought we saw a horse swimming yeah i saw that and i was very concerned because you know I get that people really enjoy water polo but like it's it's got to be cruel to all the horses Oh yeah, or maybe that's how they catch horses. Kind of looks like it's on a line. Is this also no, that's a fishing game? A tr- that's actually one. That's actually one of the training sections. Is you can make your horse get in that pool, which seems I don't know. Is that something they do? That seems ridiculous. There, like, there's a lot of things you can you can make horses do in this game. This is a game about making horses do things, especially the I, most important thing of all. Bowning. Yeah. The one thing the salary man does not experience anymore. I have been told that apparently if you need to calm down or tame a horse, you just shake a hula hoop at it. It may or may not be a scam, but that's just something to keep in mind if you ever need to tame a wild horse. Yeah, I think I read that in some Cormac McCarthy book. And who would know better? I didn't play this one very much. It's well, good, let's talk about Let's talk about how we did, how uh, how I mainly interacted with it, because... I can't handle uh, these sort of deep simulation games, even in English. So I was the like I was the one that can speak Japanese, but I can't handle like this sort of choosing choosing uh choosing menu options and like trying to figure out what to do. And I was actually really confusing to figure out like how to how to horse because I can make my horse do things, and I get and you know it's just the the inherently this sort of gameplay I can't handle. Like I can't handle. Uh, okay, well, you can go to your first race, or you can train your horse. Do I? So do I train my first horse first, or do I? There is a combination of menu and also uh, button presses for sub menus. That was baffling. Like at one point, I managed to get a menu that had uh, that had that could let me buy other horses, and then I could not for the life of me find that menu again. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to make money without actually going to races. It's a game that I want to revisit. It seems like a real video game series with like actual choices and strategies and stuff. And I do genuinely find it pretty compelling when there's uh, when when games are deep simulations of like uh, doing very mundane activities. Were, were you selling? Do we know if we can sell horse semen in this game? Uh, I have not found a way to sell horse semen, but you can definitely uh, let your horse be a stud. So, with with that with with, with that horse prostitution comment, that equine at prostitution comment, uh, the main way we interacted with this game was by going into party mode and uh, just betting on funny horse names, and then getting mad that our horse did or did not win. Do, do we have any of those names handy? Do we remember any of them? I actually only remember the name of. The Wallaby from the Wallaby-themed uh, racing gambling game that I played a few days before. Oh, you mean the one on the PC Engine, the best console of all time? Yep, the one where you played a bunny and you raced different wallabies, yeah. 
This but, isn't uh, PC Engine Jester Town. This is in Super Nintendo <laughs> Exploration Squad. <laughs> <laughs> this is not 3DO Face. This is not Book of Mega Drive. At least pretend <laughs> for the next uh, 40 minutes that you don't hate the Super I Nintendo. I love the Super Nintendo. I, I, I said so many nice things about Link to the Past last time I was on the show, I think. Was that the last time? Anyway, I, um, gambling is fun when you don't lose money. Um, it's fun to watch horses race. This is n- it wasn't quite as fun as when did we play Breeding Stud? I done I did this once on a gaming stream, and uh, there were some really good names like Hiding Prize. That was my favorite one. That 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 horse was a grower, not a shower. So yeah, that's that's what I wanted to mention is that uh, we we did learn a little bit about Japanese horse culture. Is that Japanese uh, Japanese racing horses also have stupid English names just like the rest of the world. It rocks. So I don't think uh, any of the horses in this game had names on par with classics like Pot 8 O's, spelled P-O-T-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O. No, they, they, they were like sort of just combinations of Japanese words. Like, okay, wait, hold on. I thought of a hilarious bit. Hold on. Y- y'all, y'all can get on this bit, okay? I'm going to reset the cast. It's not, not oh, is this going to be a real horse name or fake horse name? You'll see the. You'll understand the bit very soon. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna uh, tigers or me. You're gonna edit this part out. So so some of the h- hilarious horse names we got were uh, like this one. Okay, we got Final Fantasy. That's hilarious. Or uh, we got another oh. one called Dragon Quest. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, was Dragon Quest related to um, Breath of Fire? Yeah oh, yeah yeah yeah. And then we got another one. We got uh, this one. It's called Seventh Arc. Oh, oh, uh, uh, I I won quite a bit of money on Infinite Undiscovery. Always bet on Resurrection of the New Goddess. I went bankrupt putting all my life savings on a Trirush Depi. Damn, Trirush Depi is really good. And finally, I I won $5 on HK Game Girls. Is that it? Are we done with horses? I think, yeah. Wait, I got a latecomer. I had to train my horse local girls of Hawaii. Yes. Thank you. I was That's trying to remember name. that name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to our, our our next category, which is infi- nope, nope. Sorry, it's it's a uh, it's Salaryman Corner again. Oops all berries of games, except instead of berries, it tastes like cigarette butts. Dingleberries. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been waiting your entire cast. Now, let me present the shirtless legend, Matsukata Hiroki, no super trawling. Matsukata Hiroki no Super Trolling is a fishing contest simulator, simulator published by Tonkin House and developed by Atelier Double. In it, you are both guided by and control the shirtless legend, Matsukata Hiroki, fisherman and actor. You must choose your bait and lure and boat to catch the big one in various fishing competitions. God, this, this game was, was and is a treasure. This is the op. This game is the opposite of Funetaro and Sunetaro. 
Suretaro? I forget what that one was even called. Suri. Suri. And that game sucked balls. That was the better one of the two. Suri. Like, this is like the dream of, of having it. Well, this is also like the dream and like the nightmare of, of a Salaryman Corner game, right? Because it's so full. It is a, it's a full episode. It could, this could have been a full episode onto itself. Yeah. I've been playing this game for fun this entire cast. Wait, okay. Because it's fun! Okay, like, you gotta that's... tell me something. How yeah. do you troll? You press B when you see a marlin jump. Oh! Oh! Cool. That's it. It's such a tough thing to do. The timing is really tight, but there's a very small window you can do it, and then you start trawling. Yeah, because like I spent a, a while playing this game, and I couldn't figure out how to fish. And it wasn't like like uh, it wasn't like other fishing games. It's just I where I couldn't catch a fish, I just couldn't figure out how to fish. But still, the aesthetics, so, the, the the vibe, it's gorgeous. It's got a. It feels it feels kind of like pilot wings. It's nice. It's it's like top tier Super Nintendo feel. Yeah, it's great. It's got it's got the wonderful uh, weather. It's got so much uh, mode seven ocean waves uh, spraying at you while you just move yeah. around relaxedly. And it's fishing. Good. It's really good mode seven too. Like there's different tiers of mode seven, and this is this is mode seven that really conveys the illusion of sailing. And and all the character portraits are great. They all they all they all kind of look like they'd be in like a like it kind of looks like portraits from a Super Famicom adaptation of a James Elroy novel. It's so good. Wait, not James Elroy. Hold on. It almost looks like uh, a, a Super Famicom adaptation. Um, take three. Take three. Give me line. Okay. Um. It looks like the Super Famicom adaptation of an Elmore Leonard novel. Like, these portraits are great. Like, everyone looks like they have some sort of, like, seedy past. Like, they have some sort of secret. Like, that gal is definitely on this boat for money. That dude with with sunglasses and the sort of, like, perm. That dude's, like, chopped up a body and fed it to the Marlins. Do Marlins eat meat? It's a great-looking game. They do eat meat. Uh, you can catch them with, uh, using uh, live bait. So, uh, Tolpa, why don't you why don't you just sort of give me give me a short explanation? What is the game? What what is uh, Matsukata no Hiroki no Super Trawling? What is trawling? Trawling is uh, pulling several fishing lines in a net behind your boat as you move around to catch fish. And this game, unlike many of the other fishing sims we've played uh, for uh, the Super Nintendo and Super Famicom. Uh, is a game where you generally are looking to catch very large open ocean fish. Uh, this is not a game about like catching uh, salmon in a river or whatever. This is a game about catching 300-pound marlins uh, on the open sea using only your muscles, which is why the shirtless legend is so shirtless. You see this dude's nips. Yeah, this game is by far the only good sort of horny that we've encountered in Salary Man. This dude's got a dad bod like a motherfucker. Yeah, like if you found a nude sprite on this cartridge, you know he wanted it on there. I I'm not convinced that he is not nude be- beneath that text bubble uh and and this screenshot. You just see uh his body from the waist up and there's no hint of clothing. It also features a nightcrawler. He's on that boat right there. Wait, like Nightcrawler from the X-Men? Yeah, right there on the right. This is great radio. I'm sorry. Anyway, Rudy. It's so great because it's like it's arcadey, but it's also heavy simulation because like you can't catch a fish too big. If you catch a, catch a fish too big, 
you got to throw it back, the, the, uh, the state at the beginning. But also you're trying to catch the biggest to a limit. Yeah, it's, it, so basically, like, it's a fishing competition simulator. So you are fish, uh, you are trying to catch as many uh, fish in the ideal size as possible, uh, which gives it a kind of uh, interesting score attack vibe. But it has such a relaxed pace uh, when you are not in the process of catching a fish that it hits a really nice flow state of just relaxation and intensity. Yeah, like, as as opposed to so many other... Like, this has, like, one of the best fishing games I've ever played. Like, the actual fishing mechanic of, like, of it being... A, you, you, got a, you got two bars. You got one bar for the fish, and there's an opposite bar for uh, your for your uh, line tension. And if, you, if, if the fish gets all the way up, then you lose, and if the line tension gets too up, you either lose the fish or your, uh, your rod breaks, like it did for the first fish I had. Um, and then you're just sort of in this, uh, you're in this tug of war, and it's very kinetic, and as far as a video game where you just have to press one button, and that's the only consideration... Uh, it's great and tense. It's it's like one of it's like one of the one of the best like one button games I've I've seen. It's actually uh, three inputs because uh, you can also push up and down uh, while uh, fishing, but that's only really relevant for a really big fish like marlins. It's also really weird because it's like maybe the only Super Famicom game I've played where confirm is on B. Yeah, that was. Oh weird. yeah, we really need to talk about that. It's so weird. Uh, the B is the default action button in this game, which is typical for, like, U.S. releases, but uh, it's bizarre on this. B is confirm, A is cancel. They just got it backwards for some reason. Yeah, since I can't read Japanese, I spent a lot of time just, like, you know, it said yes, no at one point, hit B for yes, and I thought, okay, I'm going to advance, and it just, it meant, uh, I think he was asking if I wanted to repeat. So uh, he just kept saying the same thing over and over and over, and it, it made uh, figuring out how to troll very confusing. But, you know, that's my fault for not learning this language so I can enjoy great games like uh, Shirtless Legend Trawling and uh, that great Shigisato Itoi uh, fishing game and um, Breeding Stud and uh, Breeding Stallion and uh, Born to Breed. We've entered the ASMR section of the podcast. Um, the four ships that uh, you can, the four yachts you can take out in this game are the Speed Star, the French Kiss, the Dance of Magic, and the Carrot Five. Respectively, they are piloted by Paul Kolozov, Jazz Jopley. Elroy and Elmore, Philip Knott, Fred Macklin, Fred Macklin. But you know we're all about uh, the French Kiss and the Dance of Magic. I do Dude. wish I'd played this a little more so I could have tried the Speed Star and see if, like, with the Mode Seven, if you had more of a sense of speed with that one. Oh, this is such a great game. And some oh, something I forgot to mention for the other two games we play or for um with Hisat's Pachinko Collection, is this game also has those perfect Super Nintendo scrolling background menus. They're just, uh, they're so nice. It, it was, it's such a pleasure to see those menus again. It's wonderful, wonderful, infinitely scrolling vistas. 
the, your uh, your fishing crew, which I'm curious if the sprite changes uh, based on which one you do when you pull up the fish. Like they are so jazzed you catch a fish. I've never seen I've never seen like like just four four people just like yes 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 yes. Yeah. This game is all about making you feel good that you're a dad on a boat who's like when, a, a legendary fishing dad man. When you finally catch a marlin, it is the most intense feeling. The struggle is real against the marlin and. Really, this game is a about trying to catch marlins. Let's be real; uh, they are worth the most points. And the, uh, to catch one, you have to do a specific like timing maneuver, and then fight them for up to twenty minutes of real time fishing action. Are you joking me? No. Holy crap! That's awesome. Fishing is so cool. When you do uh, like start the fishing game against the marlin, you get like a JRPG battle screen. Uh, well, you get a JRPG battle transition with like a white screen and a marlin sprite filling the screen. Hi, uh, it's Shrug. I was gone for a while because my internet disappeared. Uh, I feel this is appropriate because usually when uh, the salary man corner comes around, I just leave and do a chore because I generally forget that salary man games exist, but I just wanted to say I'm seeing in the chat that uh, I missed a literary reference from uh, uh, a bachelor, uh, uh, and uh, he says that he bungled it, which is a shame. Perhaps I'll never hear it. The life it goes was on. Good. Um, it was Elmer Leonard. Uh, I will uh, now make a literary reference of my own. Um, your your your. You're fighting a marlin, huh? Sounds like uh, you're in a real old man in the sea situation. Get out. P.S. The the possibly Hemingway's most famous well-known nickname was Papa, ultimate ultimate dad. Is that that uh, uh, the the Russian movie adaptation of Old Man in the Sea is one of the most incredible pieces of animation I've ever seen. It's the one movie where every frame is literally a painting. So, uh, Tulpa, what is the context for this? For for a woman on the beach having a relaxing uh, fishing battle against a hermit crab? What, what's going on there? No, the hermit crab is uh, the bait. Uh, so, one of the other modes in this game is just fishing, and that is the ultimate relaxation mode because it's just it looks great. I'm excited for it. It's just practical. The fishing mini game, probably because uh, you enter that mode and you can choose which uh, lovely location you want to fish at, and just hang out and throw sea life into the ocean and hope something bites. Uh, do you have any context for 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 why you are not the shirtless legend, but just a, but but uh, a beautiful woman? I think the shirtless legend is forbidden from going on land. Uh, he was cursed by Neptune uh, a few years ago uh, so that he must always stay on a boat and thus he can't fish from land. That's what happens when you blind not only one, but three Cyclopes. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the sh shirtless legend cannot return to land until he catches the legendary blue marlin uh, and brings it to Neptune. I believe that's the plot of this game. Well, I'll, I'll actually speak about the real plot in a second, but I wanted to like 
there, there is a weird part of the structure of this game is that you are theoretically playing as a search shirtless legend in these fishing contests, but then at the at the judgment section, it it is the shirtless legend presenting, and then kind of deriding, I guess, himself or you for failing to win the contest. You have to prove you are capable of embodying him. He has been cast out from his physical form, and you are now possessing his physical form. But and he is judging you for how much you can perform as as him. And I guess to to let the audience in on on whatever we're talking about, does anyone know why or where where does the term shirtless legend come from for uh, Matsukata Hiroki? I have no idea who this guy is. I picked up shirtless legend from the giant bomb description of this game. Uh, so uh, I can't not think that it is the case because uh, look at him. He, he's a beautiful hunk of uh, fishing energy and power. He reminds me a lot of me. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's like having Bachelor teach you how to trawl. Yeah, it's a game about catching and baiting, and you know, I don't know about everyone else here, but I was definitely doing a lot of baiting while playing this. Uh... I hear that Bachelor's a master of it. I can teach you a thing or two, I'm just sign up for my Patreon. Send me a DM. What's the address for that? OnlyFans.com slash Bachelorsoft? That's right. Ah, uh, the natural plug. As far as far as I could tell, uh, Matsukata Hiroki is a is a uh, sort of a genre actor in both uh, Jedi uh, uh, films and in some Yakuza films. Uh, probably the one known in the West is Battles for uh, Without Honor Humanity, which uh, we sadly have not watched, um, but I am excited to watch uh, in the future. And I have. Oh, shrug. Yeah, I have. I bought the fucking box set of DVDs from a Borders that obviously doesn't exist anymore in downtown Portland. They were obviously shot very hastily, so there's a lot of uh, uh, handheld camera work. Every time someone gets shot, it's always in the exact same way with the exact same revolver prop. Uh, and it's almost like they were shooting extremely hasty to a formula to keep pushing these very successful movies out. Uh, Mako Kaji's in one of them. So I won't tell anybody which one. Thus forcing them to watch all of them. Because it's impossible to look up, up the credits for a movie. Well, are they in the era... I mean, I can maybe guess by the title, but like sort of moving into... Hi, welcome welcome to the, uh, welcome to the Japanese film podcast. Um, moving into the 70s, like... Those Yakuza films just get really nihilistic and bleak. Is it, is it from that sort of era? Uh, yeah, my, my understanding from uh, what I remember of the reading that I did at the time and like the framing that was included with them is they were a very intentional response to the, the uh, sort of uh, heroic brotherhood Yakuza uh, 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 genre where everybody in the movie is mostly just an ac- asshole who's out for themselves. And it's, it's a cascading series of fuck-ups and screw-overs. That's Battles Without Honor and Humanity. And it was actually sort of signaled a sea change in the popular consciousness and inspired a lot of movies like it. Like the first one, even as the original producers 
and director churned out more sequels. I've seen uh, other movies directed by uh, Kinji Fujisaku, uh, like uh, Graveyard of Honor, uh, is probably the most nihilistic and uh, uh, cynical uh, Yakuza film I've ever seen. So I assume that it's just like uh, extrapolating from that. Graveyard of Honor was also remade by Takashi Miike uh, in the last uh, 20 years, I want to say. Uh, it is also an extremely, the remake is just as nihilistic as the original. Overall, yeah, uh, the, these movies are not easy watches. They made five movies in two years. Well, that's just the sort of the studio system that uh, the Japanese films at the time and sort of still do operate under. is just, just like they just keep cranking these out, right? I mean, film studios don't really work like this anymore in Japan because uh, the whole like mid-budget uh, part of the film industry has died out in Japan, just like it did in America. Like uh, direct to like direct to video stuff doesn't really exist in Japan anymore either, which is uh, why so many like exciting independent directors just kind of disappeared over the last twenty years. So I'm going to move away from that and uh, at least briefly mention the developer of uh, Matsukata Hirokino Super Trolling. Uh, uh, Atelier Double, who also did, uh, relevant to the history of at least our friend group, uh, they did the other Sega Saturn snowboarding game, Zap Snowboarding Tricks. Ooh. I'm actually and, not too familiar with that. And then they kind of disappeared. But uh, they did do Zap snowboard, Snowboarding Tricks, which is how they say the title screen. Zap Snowboarding Tricks. But I want to get one more one more question to the panel before we move on. Um, uh, looking looking at uh, Super Trolling, and it has a very it has an interesting structure that is most popularly known in sort of in a punch out. And I wanted to sort of interrogate that sort of structure of like of it's a series of escalating competitions, and you just you have to succeed at one competition to move on to the next. That sort of game structure, that sort of uh, of of uh, of of sports micro challenges of ever escalating, which is not, I don't think that's really how, how being an athlete necessarily works is, but that you, you just, you win the big competition and suddenly you're at the next level of difficulty. I mean, it's how it works in like every single bit of fictional media about a sport. Well, there's not like the mighty duck. Well, I guess it is like the mighty duck, the mighty ducks win a small competition and then they're at the Olympics and then they're they're fighting space aliens in the third one. I don't know. They do that because ducks fly together. But it's also like um, it's also you know how how in my experience, limited experience with it, that's how sports manga works too. You know, like you've got the people who fight the local who beat the local rival team, and then they beat the like city rival team, and then they keep going up and up and up forever. Are there any fishing sports manga? There have to be, right? Yes. Uh, do any of them uh, star the shirtless legend? <laughs> Is the silence just people searching if uh, Matsukata Hiroki stars in any manga right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not awkwardly being silent because I don't know the answer. Actually, while we're here, I do have a question to pose to everybody. Uh, would you say that uh, Super Trolling is a hidden gem? Uh, is that you, Metal Jesus? 
Hey guys, uh, you know, just to let y'all know, I had a uh, hidden gem here on the Super Nintendo called Super Trolley, and uh, actually, you know, it's not that bad of a fishing game. It's uh, you, know, you you go around uh, on a boat with a uh, shirtless uh, Japanese guy. I, I don't really know who he is. I might have to uh, ask uh, Drunken Master Paul later. Uh, but uh, uh, fuck. Um, Line, 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 line. Uh, and, uh, you know, parallax scrolling, pretty great. And, oh, check out these Mode 7 effects. You know, uh, you'll probably find on eBay for, like, uh, $800. You know, not, not that bad. You know, not, not that expensive for uh, what's essentially the uh, pretty good fishing. Yeah. So, so Topa, you, uh, you, you just posted in the chat uh, that, yes, I had forgotten that. Uh, Matsukata Hiroki has a, also a PlayStation fishing game. Oh yeah, I've seen this one before. I didn't realize that it was the same guy. Yeah, I didn't. I I haven't seen this before at all. But I just found it when I was googling pictures of Matsukata Hiroki. What is this shit? He has a shirt on. <laughs> uh, he hasn't powered up yet. He reserves uh, the shirtlessness for when he's in the middle of a struggle with a mighty fish. Oh, oh no, I see what he's doing. He's being a gentleman because he doesn't want to distract us from the beautiful lady in the swimsuit right next to him. He doesn't no, want to it's distract the a... beautiful lady in the swimsuit from what she's doing. No, he's wearing like a, like a weighted dangerous. jacket. It's like a Goku uh, training the fight. Unzips the wooden windbreaker and drops it the second there's a marlin on his line. Ready to spring into action. Whoa, look at this bait. That one's huge. This rocks. I'm going to get into fishing. So I, I have a, I have an important uh, revelation as I read. As as you know, of course, on, on air is the best time to read Wikipedia. He was, uh, if, you're, if you're worried about the, if you've seen the shirtless legend, you can probably also see the pantsless legend, because at least it states in his uh, Wikipedia page that he was in Yakuza and porno films. Ooh. Wait, are we talking about the Yakuza games or Yakuza movies? Yakuza movies of the 70s. And also, it says Yakuza and porno films. He's been in so many Takashi films, too. 13 Assassins Ninja Kids are both Takashi Miike films. Well, I know what I'm looking up when this cast is over. I think with that, that, uh, that, that'll that finish out uh, Super Trolling. Am I right? Uh, we good there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just make sure to uh, hit like, uh, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Okay, uh, I want to add one comment about world fishing. Uh, I have, I've been watching the opening videos of his PlayStation game, Muted, and it seems to be some kind of uh, ASMR roleplay going on a date with... Uh, Matsukata Hiroki uh, simulator, because there's not much fishing in this opening intro that's 15 minutes long, but there is a date. That sounds fun. I'm excited to play that one day. And with that, uh, we're going to go into... They start feeding baby sheep in this. Aww. Wait, that's not on a boat. There's some sheep on a boat? No, no, they're on land. They're on the boat for like five minutes. Can you imagine what a mess sheep having sex on a boat would be? (laughs) Okay, I'm taking us out. Uh, our next category is... Gu- no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, we have some bad news. It's Salaryman Corner. Fuck, again?
This ain't no square. This is a pentagram. And here, in the fifth salaryman corner, we will discuss Shogi Furin Kazan. I actually don't quite know how to pronounce it. I couldn't look up the hiragana. I was lazy. Uh, Shogi Furin Kazan is a shogi game developed and published by Pony Canyon, uh, famous for many things inside and outside of games. Giant Bomb's description is the term Furin Kazan refers to a famous quote, wind, forest, fire, mountain, from Sun Tzu's Art of War. The extended version is as swift as wind, as silent as forest, as fierce as fire, as unshakable as mountain. It features five real-life shogi experts who are represented by digitized photos in-game and on the box. And with that, I give it to the panel. So it's a shogi game. Show, I couldn't even figure out how to play Shogi from like the 20 hours I spent trying to play all of the mini games in uh, Yakuza, so I'm I'm at a loss here. But Shogi at least is uh, not really a salaryman game. It is a game of actual depth and strategy. Yeah, but I think it very much fits in this the mindset of uh, and also how are you are you are you uh, are you going against our lord and ruler Kania and their and their incredible wisdom? Not at all. I, I I don't I don't want to be the next sacrifice. Uh, I I I I. It's one of those games that I wish I could actually learn shogi. I I just haven't had the time to sit down and focus on actually learning how to play it. It is definitely one of those games that seems like a new job. It's like okay, your hobby now is playing shogi. If you learn to play shogi, I have only really experienced shogi in the uh, context of Yakuza Zero myself, and. It's just a little too much like chess. So my brain wants to say, this is chess. And I don't know the pieces or the moves well enough to decouple myself from this is chess. So I don't get anywhere. Why aren't all your games like Western games, Japan? (laughs) Well, actually, uh, chess uh, has its roots in an Indian subcontinent game that was uh, developed over hundreds of years into its modern form. So it's technically not a Western game. Eat shit the West. You've never made a good game except Nafatafel. What about King's Quest? That's a horse name. Shut up, Bachelor. Sorry, that was mean. Roberta Williams. No, I think the horse's it's... name is Roberta Williams's King Quest. She won every race. So uh, I'm I'm sorry I, I I had to go to uh, the little shirtless legends room. Have we discussed shogi yet? And how this does no, this game? Does it do any of us know how to play shogi? Uh, I think we've collectively just uh, said yeah. No, we do not know how to play shogi. Oh, well, I know how to sh- no, play shogi, people, and I'm not going to teach you. Keep, people keep comparing it to chess, and then I have to say, dude, I don't know how to play chess either. Go it's ahead, like- bachelor. It's like chess 1.5, because as we all know, chess 2 involves rock, paper, scissors. Well, you've got the king, and you've got the queen, and you've got the horse. But it's very different in shogi, because they're not shaped like that. They just have um, writing on these tiles. Um, and that's, that's, that's all there is to it. Is so the there main way... an entire thing of like capturing and then replacing pieces on the board? That's basically what I remember from playing Shoji and Yatsuza games that I couldn't figure out how to do in this game. Yes, uh, watching uh, we watched our friend uh, Slime uh, play play a couple rounds uh, instead of us because uh, at least she knows somehow to play Shogi. And uh, 
yeah that that was the, that was the thing that that was like i was like whoa that seems cool that you can uh take pl- take pieces what's really cool is every single time you place a piece in this game you see your whole freaking arm this has more in-body feeling than half-life does i don't know you see your whole freaking arm in half-life you don't see your legs though no but do you see your legs in shogi you can't because they're un- they're, they're, they're under the table they're under the table wait is there a checkmate there. in shogi you don't yeah. You don't engage with legs when you're playing shogi, but you engage with legs when you're running around shooting aliens. I engage I do. With my legs when I play shogi. Maybe that's why you lose. Oh, because I keep kicking the table instead of playing. That Topa explains playing a lot. Topa playing footsie at the board game cafe. Yeah, my <laughs> footsies are unstoppable. I could actually uh, completely uh, disregard this argument because the shogi table sits on the floor. Uh, you all have played Animal Crossing. You get the shogi table. It's on the floor. You can't put your legs in. Anyways. It's um... a... <laughs> you can put a shogi table and a shogi board anywhere you want. It's a big box. What, are you going to put a box on a table? Are you mad? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, okay. You can do what you want. It's, oh, there the is world. checkmate in shogi. Yes. All right. So my checkmate joke worked yes are, are, are these special shogi um seats that i've just found on the internet that the listener can surely see oh with with the elbow rests i bet they are Full um a little bit and reactive entertainment like so so for for as far as shogi of uh, food and kazan has uh there there is a there's a lot of there's a lot of things in here uh if you are a shogi nut and you want to learn shogi because i mean you theoretically have five shogi masters and they are your only opponents. So uh, I had the feeling like this game is like it starts on hard mode as far as Shogi does. And there's, in fact, like tutorials that show you how each of these masters thinks. And like it actually gives you pro- it, like gives you quotes from them of like, oh, this is why I do this. And this is why I do this. And specific puzzles for each Shogi master of like, you need to solve this in three or four moves to show how, how so you can learn how these masters operate. I mostly want to talk about uh, the developers uh, uh, after we ta- finish talking about the game. Uh, but I do want to say that I, I think it's uh, pretty interesting that it's just another in the subgenre of like tutorial games, which I suppose is part of the whole Salaryman Corner experience, because a lot of the Pachinko games are actually tutorials for real machines. Right, like you're supposed to like. I, I guess there's al- there's also these games in the uh, in the chess in the world of chess video games that you're just like, you're, you're, you're trying to say like, can I beat someone that's good at chess? Can Which I is... beat the grand master 4,000? Big blue, uh, deep blue is fucking going down. Right. Like, uh, it, it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's trying to accomplish thing. And, uh, Tigris, you were mentioning, like, I don't know if this is one of them that there are shogi games with special chips just to, run all the processes. Yeah, on Super Nintendo. Uh, there's a number of Shogi chips that are just like a whole second computer processor just for calculating moves. Um, it's noteworthy it, it, It's noteworthy because flash carts, um, which use these things called... Um, what was it? What are, what are they called? The, basically, these reprogrammable chips that let them write stuff on, onto them. It's cool. Floating... Like it's something field gates. They're neat. FGPAs. Look them up. They're cool. Uh, 
they are not actually complex enough to emulate these chips because of how complicated these chips got eventually. And it was probably deemed not worth, uh, like, recreating the uh, chipsets for these specialized chips that are used in 20 games, maybe. Uh, three. And each of them had, three or four, and each of them had a different chip. It wasn't just one chip that they used. They all had their own. Oh, so they weren't using, wait, doesn't one of these games use a super effects? Like, well, like, the, at least the intro for this game has, has like, 3D. Yeah, it, ha- it has some polygonal. It might be, I don't think it's literally super effects. I think it might be taking advantage of more processing power, but I, I don't, I don't think it's literally super effects. I could be wrong, though. No, you're, there is no game. Okay, I, I just made it up that there's some shogi game that uses super effects chip. Egg on my face at least twice this episode. I'm never gonna live this down. Oh huh. Uh the Shoji Fudin Kanzen, I don't uh Fudin Kazan, uh I don't think uses uh uh any special Shoji chips though. Uh I'm looking at uh, the does it just not run on a, an actual flash cart? Um oh this one might be. I, I don't actually know which games do that right off the top of my head. But yeah, it's off of a flash cart. Uh, yeah, specific- I'm just saying that this game in particular, I don't think it does, because uh, one of the reasons I use BeastNest as an emulator uh, is because it uh, needs all of the specialized uh, chips to be dumped separately in order to run those games, uh, which means you get full accuracy with them. And yeah. this the- game doesn't need a chip. Yeah. Um, the ones that do need a chip, it, it's less that we can't uh, duplicate them because we have in various emulators. It, it's more just that there isn't enough um, there isn't enough storage space on the chip to simulate it. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, it might that might not be the case anymore because they had to switch to a different model of FGPA and the newer SD2 SNESs which have significantly more space to write different circuitry for. FGPAs are really interesting, and I don't quite understand them enough to explain the whole thing, but it's it, they're neat. The, but yeah, it's, it, it's just a space thing, because it literally is creating a simulation as if there was really hardware on the board, right? So it needs a certain amount for each of the chips because of the complexity. So Tulpa, you wanted to talk about the idea of tutorial games, of this being a being le- pretty much less of a game, more of a learning tool. Yeah, and I think that's one of those interesting things where something that was ostensibly created as uh, an exclusive, dedicated piece of hardware, the games console, eventually, like, just because people wanted it enough i suppose uh we got all sorts of things that don't quite fit into the category of uh of pure game uh and often we have things that are more tutorials that aren't really meant to be played with a goal of completion so so i I think it's interesting that even something like uh super nintendo can uh thanks to the power of salary man demands transform into uh an instructive tool does that make sense? No, yes, yes. I, I don't have... I, I think I agree with you, and there's not much to add to that. Like, as, as like, the previous Salaryman corners with a Shogi game, there's not a lot to say. I can tell you uh, this has a lot of tools that are based around 
uh, not just learning how to play shogi well, but learning how to play shogi well in the style of uh, different masters. And how to lose to a, like dudes who look like real fucking dipshits. You, ever, you, you see these dudes? They're, they're real smug Yeah, they're looking. real shogi masters. They look exactly like uh, chess grandmasters look like in the West. Just a bunch of smug dipshit. Except they're probably less horrible than uh, chess grandmasters, who as a class of people tend to be a bunch of unhinged deviants. Well, I, I don't, these people seem, these people are on TV. They gotta be even worse. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've seen any, any interview with Shogi Masters. I think Shogi's kind of fallen out of favor in the last 20 years as, as a, as a pop cultural force. Much like, I guess, chess. You don't ever hear about people being really good at chess anymore either. I mean, I do sometimes, but I follow chess a very little bit, so that's my own fault. Yeah, it never, but it never penetrates people that follow chess into wider pop culture. That's true. Uh, like the only other note I got for this game is uh, on Retro Jinfu's uh, top thirty shogi games, uh, which is actually kind of a weird list because it was just like I think it was kind of like also just like the prices because there was like a couple games around there twice versus where there's cart only or with a box. I don't get it. Anyways, uh, it was number sixteen on the top top. Uh, 30 shogi games for super famicom specifically <laughs> the top it, 30 sh- there are are there more than 30 shogi games for super famicom i don't think there's 30 shogi games but uh this is not on on this particular uh list which was there there is not a lot of uh positive or it's just like it, it is bare minimum on like all of the japanese uh super famicom games lists that were written in the night that web pages are written in 1999 like this one does none of this none of the ones I saw even had the price for this game where it had the price for the other three games we've played. It is just this game exists, you learn from Shogi Masters, that's it. I think one other thing to say about this game, and I did to it early developer and publisher of this game is Warning. This is uh Pony Canyon, who, for those unfamiliar, is a fairly prolific uh, music publisher and anime uh, producer, and they did a little bit in video games, mostly focusing on porting uh, uh, Western RPGs like the Ultima series and uh, Bard's Tale and stuff to uh, uh, Japanese consoles. I've really got to look into them eventually to figure out how the company run by the lead singer of Mr. Children. Put their fingers in so many pies and I don't really I really don't know how uh how that how that uh, Mr. Children guy branched out this month outside of, I guess it was Bubble Economy Japan so you did a little bit of everything. Yeah, and then they managed to survive the collapse of that economy and continue to do a little bit of everything to this day. Because Mr. Children is still very popular. <laughs> is that it? Is that it for? Is that it for Shogi? Yeah, I th- yeah, I don't got nothing else to say about Shogi. It exists. No, I, don't know play, I don't know how to play it. Of the wait, Pony wait. Canyon games, I think Highlight is uh, a better game than this. Okay, I guess I, get, I guess we do collectively have one thing about Shogi to say about Shogi Food and Kazan. It was not the Shogi game that made us learn Shogi. That's true. It is not that the is game true. that taught us. Partially because of a language barrier, probably. Partially because it's it's it's. My note here is it's dry as popcorn ceilings. 
It's dry as a bunch of saltines dusted with flour. Where's the game? Where's the shogi? There needs to be a shogi game that makes it fun. I want an extreme shogi game. I want shogi game to be like, whoa, look at them move those tiles. Where's the The big BMX? The BMX triple X of shogi games. Does the B stand for big titties? Yes. Big titties, massive hogs, extreme shogi. You move, you move the, the pieces with either your big titties or your hog. Everything is physically simulated. Be right back, uh, learning Unity. Well, while Shrug is learning Unity, let's, let's move on to uh, whatever the final category of tonight is. It's going to be the salaryman decision. We have created a pentagram. We have made this this pentagram of of salaryman games. And now I would like the panel to uh, you choose one of these five nightmare video games uh, to give their give your monologue, like, give your final thoughts, a review of sorts. I don't think it's going to be Shogi Furu and Kazan. I think I know which game we're all going to take a time to talk about. For for a variety's sake, let's start with Tigris. Tigris, why don't you tell us give final thoughts about salary man i think i think for me it's interesting how they all all of these games can embody different aspects of salary man and i think the thing about the fishing game for me that i think is especially interesting is how it's sort of an aspirational salary man game in in a way that i i'm not quite sure the others are it's it's the salary man experience of the middle-aged guy who dreams of having a boat and sailing the seas and being famous for doing a very salary man sort of thing, which is fishing. It is, it is a salary man Valhalla simulator, if you will, a, a game where you are praised for the things that you enjoy in your leisure and can best others with your leisure activity in a beautiful digital blue skies world world where you where you drive a boat with either a cool dude or a cool lady and 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 go all of these exotic places being a shirtless dad bod guy fishing and proving that that you're that that you can matter for doing this thing that that you do to relax and for fun. And that's that's why I think this is the salary man in game. It's not a salary man experience anything remotely like a real life, but it's it's the dream of the salary man. It's the extension of of this it's it's the hyper salary man. And that's what I'm thinking about. Salaryman's Valhalla. Super trolley. Uh, if I, I might uh, tweak what you said a little bit, as we are a podcast that ignores all of the rules set out for us by our hosts, and I'm a monster. Uh, I think it's not the dream that salarymen currently have, but super trolling is the dream that they abandoned to become the salaryman. If they really wanted to, they could go out in a boat and start catching really big fish 
for the hell of it. There's nothing that can stop them. But they prefer their current lives, the current empty lives of staring at pachinko machines and inhaling deadly amounts of, uh, of cigarette smoke. Anyway, I, I, I think uh, Super Trawling is a very enjoyable game, and I want to get good at it, which is not something I can say about any salary man we've played, not even something like Battle Jockey, where we determined we should do a real uh, playthrough of it. All right, I'm up. Um, so I guess to kind of go off of what Tiger said, uh, I would agree that Super Trolling is the salary man ideal, but I'm going to talk about Hisatsu Pachinko because that is the sad, pathetic reality of the salary man. Uh, it's a very kind of monotonous, dull experience where your only real excitement is you turn a knob, there's some sounds and some flashing lights, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of replicates that kind of uh, that sort of like the feelings of anxiety of realizing that you're kind of in this fishbowl with a job that never really ends. And I guess it's also kind of cynical in a way because of the fact that unlike you, uh, this theoretical salary man I'm talking about, uh, the character in Hisatsu Pachinko just plays Pachinko. He seemingly, he doesn't have a job. He just wakes up at 9 a.m., hits up the gambling parlor, and then goes home. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Also, honorable mention to uh, NHL. It's not, you know, hockey obviously is not emblematic. You know, uh, probably doesn't fit in very well with uh, Japanese culture compared to other sports, but I mean, sports in general, kind of a dad thing, and a lot of dads are salary men. So, honorable mention to that. Bachelor? Oh, yeah, it's a breeding game. Because, uh, all, 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 all those salary men, they, they want to lay some pipe and have some babies so they can, you know, have someone to take care of them when they get older. That's my, that's what I think. Maybe take them down to the OTB and bet on the ponies together. That's And they're favorite. definitely all breeders. Yeah. Sweet. Nothing wrong with that. That's my opinion. Hi. It may be said that I don't have my fingers or even one single finger on the pulse of Japanese culture in 2020 where we're recording or uh, even in 1993 when I was 10 years old and was only vaguely aware that a place such as Japan existed and most of the messaging I had received about it was probably extremely racist. But I have spent the majority of the last 37 years in the grip of uh, hopeless depressions. So I feel like, I feel like a large part of me vibes with the salary man mindset. If one goes to, shuffles off to a building, spends most of your time there, shuffles back to your apartment, day after day, what are you looking for? I don't think it's necessarily reminders of what you could be doing or manifestations of uh, 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 
your old dreams, because those things tell you I could be doing this thing. What you want more than anything is, let's say, hypothetically, Cookie Clicker, one of its descendants. Maybe you want to put, I don't know, a few hundred dollars into one over a week once because you have extremely sketchy uh, conception of what money is and an addictive personality and then you have to ban yourself from ever loading something like that onto anything ever again because you know you're not going to be rational you just want to see numbers go up you'll put money into this thing to make numbers go up even though they mean nothing what i'm saying is pachinko is the perfect numbing agent when you want to act but are afraid of stepping out of the carefully cultivated rut, uh, 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 you just, and you're in a country that is definitely not going to overprescribe you opiates, you go look at those balls. And that's why I put my vote behind balls. Balls out for salary men. I love balls. Shroud, you did bring up a very interesting and important point I don't think we covered of the similarity between pachinko games and incremental clickers like uh, the aforementioned cookie clicker. They are largely passive experiences but are defined by uh, their addictive qualities and flashing lights and loud sounds. Yeah, we, don't an see, point. we don't see as many of these things or... or you know, these were full-priced, presumably, like, physical releases back in the day, which isn't something we see anymore because nowadays they're all shovelware that are shoveled onto digital stores to catch the unawares in Buy Me for One Cent uh, uh, on Switch. Uh, I cheated and received a whole bunch of people while they were final thoughts, because I'm a monster, and I'm sorry for that. I can't honestly say that super trolling is the ideal salary man, because it feels too much like a uh, fulfillment childhood wish, which is not the salary man ethos. Not until uh, the midlife crisis, which I don't think is as big a thing. Uh, among salarymen is that is the most middle-aged country. That being said, and actually that's the thing that disqualifies the Thoroughbred Breeder 3 from being a uh, ultimate salaryman game. I feel like, surprising as it is, I think the Shogi game is the true salaryman game of this set. Because it's not even a game that you're meant to play for fun. It's a game you're meant to play to improve yourself. And that is one thing that salarymen will try to do when they are not numbing themselves with the incessant noise and uh, tactility of the pachinko parlor. So it's truly the ultimate salaryman experience to uh, do, play something extremely dry that uh, you're not really enjoying yourself as you do it but you feel like you should play it so that you could learn more. The ultimate salaryman game turns games into work. This, this has been great. It's been a great round table. Um, hi, I'm Rudy. I'm the guest host. I'm going to, I get to do the final round of final thoughts. I, I liked, I like a uh, shrug and Tulpa's point about, about these games embodying different things like uh, Shogi Furun Kazan 
it is is about wanting to better oneself, right? It's a it's about it is a tool so that you can get better. So uh, maybe you can get together with your friends and, or your coworkers. You find someone else that likes shogi, or maybe you can't find anyone else that likes shogi, so that you can uh, you can indulge in this in this in this uh, an experience that is supposed to be at least on some level a sh- a social. It is building a social skill so that you can play shogi with other people better. Versus uh, Hisat's Pachinko Collection 2 uh, is just about the dream of, like, I, you know, like, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to worry about any of my responsibilities. I can just go do this thing that just helps me get through the day. This representation of something that gets me through the day. You know, in NHL hockey, uh, you place hockey with any organized sport uh you know it's it is both the dream of being of being physically competent of of being uh, of being athletic and also it is it but alternatively it can be like i just want to go on saturday i want to be able to enjoy a sports game right and then thoroughbred breeder is very much a if you win the lot if i won the lottery tomorrow i would i would open up a stable and I would uh, raise horses. That's what I wish I could do. And uh, super trolling has that. It is a sort of a different level of the of of the of winning the lottery. It is like I wish I could take a two week vacation and just go fishing on a boat. Like you know, it'd be great to it'd be great to enter like an international fishing competition and be able to compete because it it, it is a two level competition, right? It's a competition to uh, to to conquer nature, and then it's comparing how well you can conquer nature to other dudes. You know, it's you're comparing your your nature conquering dick sizes. And as far as my relation to these games, like the most relation I had was watching other people playing them or letting the letting the computer play itself, which is in its own way is is entering into the salaryman of ideal of like I just came home from work, I don't want to do anything, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch watch some sports. And uh, I thankfully we have I have a collection of friends here that it was really fun to watch all these games with. I don't know if there's a, if there's a there's no neat 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 and tidy conclusion to that, but uh, that has been what I've gained from this experience of playing these five games and sort of comparing them with one another. Yeah, friendship. Friendship was the real salary man demon the whole time. I'm glad we're free of this curse. Nope, I'm sorry, the demon. So speaking of friends, hey, where, where can uh, where can people find you if they want more of you? Hi, I'm Shrug, and I was barely here. I'm Shrug on the forums where I will probably have played a game before I talk about it. No guarantees, though. At Shrugopolis on Twitter, uh, some baby tabletop games available at Shrug.Zone. If you're so inclined, I'm on other things on this feed. Um, And I'm sorry. Also, no Rangers allowed. Maybe there will be more episodes someday. Hard to say. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Hi, I'm Automatic Tigris. You can find me on this very podcast feed, hosting the Book of Mega Drive, which is like this, but for Super Nintendo. You've probably already heard it. You can find me uh, on Twitter as Automatic Tiger, and I don't tweet much. And you can find me on at, and you can find out more about the podcast Book of Mega Drive, if on Twitter at Book of Mega Drive. See, really, really straightforward and and simple. Hi, it's me, Ramona, uh, Lonely Frontier on the forum. Uh, you can also find me on the website lonelyfrontier.net. Has all of my contact info. If you need to see what I'm doing. Also, read my blog. Haven't made a post in a while, but I'm sure by the time this episode is out, uh, I will have fixed that. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me at uh at Batchersoft on Twitter and all the other services and such. Batchersoft.com. You can read a bit about my uh, game. Patreon.com slash Batchersoft if you want to, you know, support the perverted arts. There are probably better things to support right now, but, you know, maybe someday art will be good, too. Um, uh, you can find me uh, on the No Rangers Allowed podcast, where I am the erstwhile dungeon master of... Uh, that Dungeons and Dragons game, and I play the game in a way where uh, I don't plan ahead at all, period, and it's very improvisational, so uh, check it out if you don't like people who just uh, uh, narrate to their players what's happening the entire time. Anyway. You see a pachinko parlor. Yeah, you smoke see a rises up all around you it fills your nostrils i can keep going the stench of old cigarette butts emanates from the wet pachinko walls the ding 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 of each ball as it falls gracefully into the holes echoing on all walls and inside your ears i break the glass and start putting balls in my mouth i roll a d20 that was that was basically how our game goes. You can also find me on the forum as Tulpa. You can find some of my uh, RPGs on memoriastulpa.ish.io. Uh, you can also find uh, me on Twitter as memoriastulpa. And also, my final message, all cats are beautiful. Abolish the police. Amen. 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 If there's one, if there's one ah. other message, I hope... I hope we can get Kania to play Super Trolling and maybe reestablish their love of video games. It, it's really inspired me to love video games again. Video games are good. What's also good, when, it, when it's not Chess Master 3000. When it's not uh, Caesar's Palace. It's, it's not Casino Kid. It's not Munetaro. Oh, it's certainly not Sudetaro. It's not King of Casino. It's not American Dream. It's not Roberta Williams King's Quest. I love that horse. It's not Dynamite the Las Vegas. 
It's not slot for gold edition where all of the less than lethal options are always 100% safe. It's They're conditioning not, us. It's not, it's not poker night at the inventory. Here's a fun joke we can do. It's not Yakuza 1. It's not Yakuza 0. It's not Yakuza Kiwami. It's not ba- Yakuza Kuryo for the PSP. It's not, y- it's not Yakuza of the End? Does that one exist? Did I imagine it? Oh. Of the End. It's not Shenmue 2. It's not Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. It's, it's not, not Wallaby. Ryu da- it's not Ryu Dodger da- directed by Takashi Miike. It's not Chuck Rock. Bonk, bonk. What is a what is a celery man? Nothing more than a is nothing more than a than a izakaya and broken dreams. Shit, pachinko ball sound effect. Hey, wasn't that a Green Day song? The, the Isekai of Broken Dreams. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't get to do it because of because of COVID, but there was going to be a daddy boot camp. But I didn't get to do that. But I did get to see the flyer, the pamphlet for 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 bat for daddy boot camp, which had as such insightful advice is, don't smoke around your baby. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me take notes here. Don't use crib as ashtray. Don't put alcohol into the formula. Okay, well then what's the point of a crib if I can't, you know, put my ashtray in it? How am I supposed to fall asleep without a little bit of heat? I think I just pimped out my horse. Oh, can you post your, your pimp horse? No, no, I mean, as I literally... Cool. ...set my horse off to have sex <laughs> with another horse for money. Uh, I know what game I'm talking about. As always, thank you to Schnabubula for letting us use his incredible song Playing Super Mario World While Taking Mushrooms for our theme song. Also, thanks to Bachelor for the amazing cover art that we have. Check him out at BachelorSoft on Twitter. And thanks to you for listening. 